Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. And as this podcast comes out, we are just jumping into a brand new month, the month of May. And so today we're going to be looking at what is happening up in the heavens, in the astrological movements, And then we're going to explore which gifts from Mother Earth, namely crystals and essential oils. I would suggest you lean into these times so that you are well supported and able to take advantage of these shifts rather than get knocked about by them. Now, just for a bit of review to start off with, we have the new moon in Taurus on the 30th of April. So depending on where you may be in the world, you know, it's kind of lingering around that time. And of course, new moons are a time when we start. A new lunar cycle, but it's a time for us to slow down, be introspective, and kind of plan a little bit about where we'd like to go. So the, this new moon, and we did talk about it last forecast because it is still in April, but I wanted to just touch on it again since it's relevant right now. This new moon is in Taurus. Taurus is the sign of finances and of material security. So it's about getting your money in order. And what you'll find is a couple of things happening, especially around the full moon of this coming month, where you really want to make sure that you have the, the I guess, the, the foundation, the, the grounding and the money and the stability to, if you want to do something, whether it be take a trip, do a course, invest in something, that you actually have that money. One thing that I've really been present with over the last couple of months is my definition of self-love. And self-love isn't all chocolate and bubble baths. It's also about doing what you know is best for you. You know, parents aren't always nice to their children. Sometimes they discipline them or they set boundaries and rules because they love them and want the best for them. Are you being your own parent to yourself? What does that mean? Well, in this context of New Moon in Taurus, it means sitting down and sorting your money out, getting a budget and sticking to it. And I found for me, who used to, in the past, be a bit ad hoc and throw a bit of money here and throw a bit of money there and not look at the long-term goals, that always ran to my detriment when I'd have shortfalls. And I'd go, oh, where am I going to find that money? I need to um, you know, borrow from Peter to pay Paul, all that type of thing. So a sign of self-love can be sitting down, working out your budget, working out your money strategy, possibly working, um, you know, working with a professional in that way eating good food, exercising. That is self-love as well as that nurturing of the bubble bath and the chocolate bars and all that kind of thing as well. So this is a really good time to make sure that you are really kind of, you've got your your ducks in a row when it comes to money. You know what you're doing. And this can be a challenge for people that maybe don't have a set income and it's ebbing and flowing or you're running your own business. Um, This is something I can relate to. We have to project how much we think is coming in And that can be hard, but having a bit of a plan of what comes in and then what gets paid and what must be paid every month and maybe what moves on a bit of a gradient scale. I found that to be really quite helpful as well. 
So this evening, what I'd really encourage you to do is sit down, sit outside in the darkness and just fall into that contemplative state. If you like to journal or write things down, maybe ask yourself the question, what do I need to up-level or improve with my money? What do I need to adjust? Now, what else can we bring in from Mother Nature to support us with this? Well, I find when we set money goals, we either have one of two plans. One, we need to save money or you know not spend as much. Or two, we need to start spending our money more disciplinedly or investing in something that's going to be wise. There are two different crystals, both black, which resonate beautifully with the new moon, that can help us with this. Jet is the first one. And jet is the great one for overspending. You see, what happens is jet helps you absorb our low vibration habits and attitudes and beliefs and actions. It can actually be used really nicely to remove some pain or hurt and watching the sunset and then putting that energy into a jet and then either throwing it into the ocean or burying it or putting it in water can be a really nice way of letting go. Holding jet at a funeral can be a really nice way to absorb your grief and release it in that way. But I often also recommend that when people are working with crystals and abundance crystals in particular, such as citrine or green jade, for example, that they actually also have a jet. Because what happens is money comes in, but if you don't know how to, you know, if you're not um, sensible with it, you end up spending that money as well. So jet actually helps to counteract overspending. I will never forget one of my early crystal students who learnt this and then the following week comes back and shows me this massive chunk of jet. Remember, jet jet is actually fossilised organic matter or fossilised trees. So it's a lot lighter than um, stone or crystals. Anyway, she'd bought this chunk that would be probably the size of, I don't know, um, a kitten, (laughs) maybe, that she just put in her handbag. And she said, well, first of all, I'm not going to be able to buy anything because nothing will fit in my bag anymore. And two, hopefully the jet helps me curb my overspending and my my reckless spending as well so you don't have to go that excessively but having jet around you around this time um, of the new moon on the 30th of april would be really good if you're like right i need to just stop spending my money on crap sometimes now maybe you're like okay i've got decent money but i need to make sure i'm directing it or that i want to start investing and you know generating a more of a long-term success This is where black garnet can be really helpful. Garnets, in fact, we know red garnets, but they come in many different colors. Greens, oranges, and blacks are another color as well. Garnets grow in squares, and any crystal that grows in squares helps to help put structure and order into our lives. And also, like building blocks, helps us build on the success we've already had. So if you're really wanting to you know, invest in something and make some more money out of it or invest in yourself or whatever that may be, if the, the key word is kind of investing or spending wisely, then you want to reach for Black Garnet. You may find that these two work really well together. You may want to not spend and invest the money that you have. So you could bring both of these and set that kind of resolution of how you'd like to do that and what that would look like as well. The... Essential oil I'm going to recommend right now that's really loud for me is bergamot mint. Now this, some people think, oh, it's a nice blend of bergamot essential oil and a mint essential oil. No, bergamot mint is actually a variety of the mint family. Uh, We have spearmint, we have peppermint. I've talked about Japanese mint before. 
and bergamot mint is another one that has a slight citrusy mint sometimes it's called orange mint or um, eau de cologne mint as well so a very different minty kind of aroma in fact its chemistry it has very little menthol in it menthol is that kind of cooling and minty aroma that we're used to it actually is closer in relation to lavender chemistry wise it's part of the mint family but closer in constituents and chemistry to lavender isn't that cool in fact the two things that make lavender so uh, relaxing the two constituents are called linalool and linalool acetate and bergamot mint has more linalool and linalool acetate than lavender so even more relaxing it's very refreshing and you would have heard me talk about that a little bit over the last year it's been a new oil that doTERRA has brought out and so i've been really impassioned about it so what does bergamot mint do well first of all it's so relaxing and refreshing and clarifying i always like to describe probably my key word for bergamot mint is it's refreshing it's like stepping out of yoga class and go ah that feels better and so it really helps you to not care as much and i'm not saying like oh i don't give a stuff but not worry so it really helps us to feel comfortable with our money to feel comfortable with who we are and to value ourselves because remember, we set the precedent for how the world treats us and responds to us. So if we're not respecting ourselves, if we're not valuing ourselves, then money we're going to find either doesn't come, or if it does come, we either deliberately or unconsciously sabotage and spend that money because we don't feel worthy of holding on to that value. Do you think, you know, we all go, oh, it'd be great to win lotto, it'd be great to be a millionaire or a billionaire or something like that. But do you think, you'd be, if I gave you that much money, could you keep that much money? If I, this is really interesting that when, a, you know, you would have heard these stories around the world that when people win lotto, normally three years later, they're worse off financially than they were before they won lotto because they don't know how to deal with that value. How do we, do, how do we learn that? Well, we value ourselves and we also learn other skills as well. And Bergamot Mint actually helps you to go, I deserve money. I deserve to be able to spend money to create this world a better place because I am good enough to make the right decisions. I will invest. And we're not just talking about investing in shares or property or Bitcoin or anything like that. It means investing in yourself, shopping at the right shops, buying the right things that will help you to succeed. We all make you know a certain amount of money, but what we do with that money can make all the difference and that's why you hear a lot of stories about people on regular kind of average incomes doing really really well because they're really sensible with their money bergamot mint can support you in that it can also take the stress out of money just go it's gonna be okay one thing that's great is money most of the time always comes back around another week another fortnight another month when you get paid again so you can always adjust what you need to adjust to improve your money situation so that's my kind of hot tips for this new moon in Taurus. It's about just kind of making sure we go that we have the right plans in place, the right blueprint in order to be successful and to be able to launch into these big kind of um, explorations that we're going to be diving into in this month. So jet, if you're focusing on saving, red, uh, sorry, black garnet, if you're focusing on investing or building and doing the right thing with your money. And bergamot mint for taking away the stress of money and realizing that you are worthy of money as well. 
So that's a new moon that starts off this lunar cycle officially on the 30th of April. Now, moving into May, and our first monumental event is actually one of the eight neo or two of the neo pagan festivals, depending on which hemisphere you are in. So, one of the points of the eight pointed wheel of the year. So, of course, this is going to be different if you're in the southern hemisphere or if you're in the northern hemisphere. And we're going to start today with the southern hemisphere. On the 5th of May, it's Halloween. Now, you may be taken aback by that and go, hold on, isn't Halloween on the 31st of October? Well, actually, Samhain is an old celebration of when the veil between the living and the, those that are passed or the spiritual realms is at its thinnest. It is traditionally celebrated in the past right at the midpoint between the autumn equinox, which we've already had recently in the Southern Hemisphere, and the winter solstice, which is approaching. So then what happened when the Christian church and the Christian traditions kind of came over, they laid their holidays over the top of um, the pagan festivals to kind of assimilate them. Of course, in the Northern Hemisphere, this is around October 31st. In uh, the Southern Hemisphere, it's closer to around the 30th of April. But as we know, how the sun spins around the um, or how our earth spins around the sun, it doesn't exactly do it in exactly 365 days. That's why we have to have a leap year every four years to catch us up. And so the, these festivals and these midpoints of exactly when our equinoxes and our solstices are, they'll adjust by a few days and they'll alter. And so this Samhain or Halloween, um, it's spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N, by the way, this is actually this year for us here in the Southern Hemisphere on the 5th of May. So what do we traditionally do in this time? Well, some of the Halloween traditions, we can look at them and we get a little bit of a hint. So this is a time when we, because the veil between our world and the other worlds is at its thinnest, it is a time to reconnect with those that have passed. In fact, there is this beautiful tradition of anyone who's passed over the last year, if you still feel that you're kind of carrying their pain, this is where you could bring Jet in as well, again, is what you do is you light a candle and you kind of take some time to just reflect on the light that they brought to, their, to your life. Now, this could be for a family member or a friend, or it could even be for a pet, whoever you kind of feel that still you haven't completely let go of them. Now, when we let go, we're not looking to... Um, you know, forget about them or ignore them or dismantle the importance they had, but we're letting go of that emotional attachment. That is helpful for us to be able to open up to new attachments and to make sure that the pain doesn't stop us from experiencing the rest of our life here. But also, it is said that hauntings and ghosts hanging around and that type of thing is often caused when someone on this realm kind of is tethered it's kind of not letting them go and so they're like uh, uh, it's like trying to hang up a phone call and someone keeps on talking in that type of way so this is a chance for us to let them go and so what we do is we look at that candle think about the light that they brought us and then when we're ready blow out the candle and that signifies letting them go and you may need to do that a couple of times several times around Samhain this can be really great this is also a time when I will get out photos of my father, of my grandparents who have now passed away, uh, of, of my good friend um, who passed uh, about a year and a half ago now, and I'll just kind of remember them. It's a bit of an honouring of the ancestors in this way. 
And this is really, you know, it's a good time to do that. Now, when we're doing that, is this a time just to feel sad? No. Think about what they brought, what lessons, what wisdom, what experience, all those different types of things. How did their life, you know, support you on where you are today? How can you honor that? And how can you, you know, continue their legacy in one way or another? That's kind of what we lean into there. Other things we can do is if we if we can connect with, because the other realms are thin as well, connect with ascended masters, angels, um, you know, anyone else, spirit guides. Basically, again, your spiritual team, this is a really great time to connect with them and do, and, you know, feel their, um, feel their influence. You know, one thing I love to do is actually try putting some powdered nutmeg on some like almond milk or any kind of whatever your choice of milk is before bed um, and anoint your, the soles of your feet with either blue lotus, buddha wood, gardenia, juniper berry, marjoram or vetiver. And what you should find is that, that, and if you invite them just before you go to bed to visit you in your dreams, that can help. You may have dreams, they may come in, they may not, but that can be quite interesting. So it's a way of just connecting back with either your spiritual team or those sort of past that you're that you still miss, but would like to have some contact with them as well. Um, you know, another thing we can do around Taiwan is just actually pull out photo albums and just chat to other people about our family members. Just honour them in whatever way that might be. Wearing jewellery of theirs that they um, may have had would be a really nice thing to do. Going and visiting their resting place is another thing as well. Um, crystals that will help you connect with um, ancestors: hackmanite, rhodochrosite, blue kyanite, Priscilla bluestone, polysite, and spiderweb jasper, as well as usingite, are all really great for helping you connect with the deceased. You may want to try scrying, which is when we look at a dark surface, like a, a black obsidian mirror, or a hematite, or a covalite. Have you know the well, we won't have the moon on the 5th, but like a candle illuminating and just watch that reflection and allow your eyes to kind of drift off into this dreamlike kind of state where, you know, when we're daydreaming, we kind of like we drift off and then we bring ourselves back. You want to kind of hold yourself at that point and it allows the conscious mind to shut up so that the subconscious and, you know, any other guidance can creep on in then. Um, you can have a, a sale and dinner party. And it's traditional to have, you know, lots of black around. People talk about those of the past, even bring photos and reflect on that as well. Traditional foods for Samhain are apples, beetroots, garlic, nuts, pomegranates, pumpkin, squash, tofu, and tubers um, are really kind of traditional there. And this is a time because we're kind of moving now from the, the grounded time of autumn into winter. And so we focus leading up to Samhain on our Earth Star Chakra. This is where we bring in some of our, you know, our more violet crystal, sorry, not violet, our brown crystals, our brown tourmaline, smoky quartzes, um, Thailandites, even Lemurian sea crystals, even clear ones are really good to feel that groundness and connection with the earth. You know, oils such as myrrh, celery seed, black pepper, brown baronia and spikenard are really great for helping us connect as well. Then after Samhain, we're starting to move to that spiritual. We're really starting to connect to our spiritual team. We're looking at our, st our soul star chakra. So before Samhain, earth star chakra. After Samhain, soul star chakra. Because then we're going to move down to our crown chakra. So this is really about connecting with your team. Um, so you know your violet crystals and your kind of mauve crystals and your clear crystals. 
So some of my favourites are Asingard again, Lithium Quartz, Violet Smithsonite, um, and Rodingite can all be really, really great. Working with our fir oils, our spruce oils, jasmine, really great for helping us connect with our um with those kind of higher realms in that way. So that's kind of what we want to be doing in um, Samhain. Really kind of reflecting, reconnecting. We're about to go into our spiritual cave of winter. So we're kind of connecting with our team. Letting go of all the attachments that will stop us going deeper. And we also want to make sure that we're embracing, um, you know, our spiritual team and has that support as well. Sorry, you might be able to hear Hugo the kitten meowing behind. He was being naughty just before we started recording, so they've been thrown out of the room. <laughs> the other two cats are lying quietly around the room, um, Ava and Aurora, and so he's feeling a bit unloved right now. Anyway, we must move on. The show must go on, whether Hugo is happy or not. So that's what's happening in the Southern Hemisphere. Now, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, of course, you are halfway between your spring equinox and the summer solstice. It's getting warmer there, and I hope you're enjoying the weather. We're diving into the darkness and the coldness now and the rain's coming and it's very cold in the morning. So I hope you're enjoying the warmth up in the Northern Hemisphere. For you, this midpoint between the spring equinox and the summer solstice, it's Beltane. And this, if we're celebrating death and endings in the Southern Hemisphere, what is the polarity of that? Birth. And this is basically your fertility kind of festival celebration. This is where we celebrate the union of masculine and feminine coming together and birthing. Now, traditionally, this is when you and your lover would go into the woods, you'd make love, and there would be babies later on and that type of thing. There was a lot of marriage celebrations and commitment ceremonies and hand fastings and so on. But it's also a time when other things, you know, we see in nature, everything is kind of um, uniting together to birth flowers, to birth fruit, so that we'll have an abundant summer. But it's also where we bring together our masculine side, our goal-orientated side, and our f- feminine side, our nurturing side, to get our goals into fruition. So throughout the winter, as the weather's been warming up, we've kind of calculated our plans, we've started to put the plans in, and now we're really going to focus on giving it some love, giving it all, because when we give it love, anything can grow. And so Whereas we're working with the Soul Star Chakra and the Earth Star Chakra here in the Southern Hemisphere, in the Northern Hemisphere, I recommend you focus on the Heart Chakra. So this is a really great one to bring in all you know, all your green and your blue, your pink crystals. So anything from rose quartz, praesolite, kunzite, morganite, malachite, rhodochrosite, rhodonite, seraphonite, tugdapite, pink petalite um, are all really great. Essential oils for the heart chakra include, of course, our geranium, lime, green mandarin, pink pepper, ylang-ylang, magnolia, mushroom, myrtle, cistus, tea tree, and rose are all really beautiful as well. We want to make sure that what we're doing is, is this equal flow of giving and taking love. And when we get that harmony and that balance, that's when things will grow really perfectly. So we want give and take between um, you know, yin and yang, receiving and giving um, in the relationships in our life, but also in our life as well. Are you giving and are you taking enough from the world in that kind of fair distribution? And that's exactly what the heart chakra is about. That is true love. And it's love beyond just that romantic love that we often associate it with. Some other things that you can do to bring a bit more love in, and because this is a very springtime festival, decorating a mirror 
in your home with flowers and ribbons and green and pink crystals. And then sitting before that and looking in that mirror and just saying, you know, smiling and telling yourself, I love you over and over again until you actually believe it. And you can even hold a bit of crystal jewelry and hold that in your right hand, the hand that you write with, and send that energy in of, of loving yourself. Because how we treat ourselves and how we feel about ourselves shows other people how we want to be treated. And so if you end up having you know relationship issues later on, it's normally because you haven't taught people how to love you and how to treat you um, based on how you treat yourself. And so having this love is really, really important. And, and this can be a simple act to do this. Of course, this is a, this is a bit of a beauty um, practice that I love where you get a bit of pink rose quartz. Now remember rose quartz, how it gained its color was Aphrodite was running to save her lover Apollo from Ares who turned himself into a wild boar. Of course, Ares or Mars, the god of war, was attacking Apollo because he was jealous. And as Aphrodite was running or Venus was running, she cut her finger on a brer bush Blood fell on some white quartz, turned it pink. And so rose quartz has that energy of love and it also has that energy of beauty. So what you do, hopefully it's not too warm where you are so far and this will still work, but you take your largest bit of rose quartz outside and you leave it outside overnight. And then on the morning of Beltane, so you put it out on the night of the 4th and on the morning on the 5th, you go outside, you collect the dew off it and you wipe that over your face. And that's said to make you as beautiful as Aphrodite. Isn't that cool? I quite like that. Pairing that with myrtle, which also has a connection to Aphrodite, can be really nice as well. And in fact, you know, getting a little spritzer with water and myrtle and even some of the dew, if you can get some into a little bottle, would be really great. And this is called angel water. And people have done that with the leaves of the myrtle or now the essential oil of myrtle for, for centuries and centuries. Really nice tradition. Um... You know, another nice thing to do if you really want to get into the essence of Beltane is go for a picnic amongst the wildflowers. You know, eating locally seasoned foods and drinks. Um, traditional Beltane foods are asparagus, avocado, bananas, eggs, figs, honey, oatmeal, seafood, chocolate, marigold, custard, and white wines. A lot of them there you'll notice are kind of aphrodisiac or fertility kind of ones, um, foods because that's exactly what this is all about as well. Another crystal you can use that's a lesser spoken of crystal, but really good if you want to kind of encapsulate more of that, your own masculine and feminine energies and bring them into balance, is you buy these crystals in pairs called boji stones. Now, boji stones are slightly magnetic. There is normally a rough masculine one and a smooth feminine one. And what you do is you hold one in each hand, ideally the masculine, the rough one in the hand that you write with, your projective hand, and the soft, smooth one, the feminine one, in your left hand, the hand that you don't write with. And as you do that, you, you kind of hold them about a centimeter away from each other, just a small, you know, couple of inches or even less. And you'll feel the pull. And you kind of feel this magnetic pull of when I have the masculine and feminine balance within me, I magnetize to me what I need. And so it can be a really nice one for helping to balance um, your masculine and feminine sides. Even popping them in your pockets can help over throughout the day or over a few days as well. Now, with both these festivals, the key point is that the energy is normally the three days leading up to and the day of. So we're looking at the second, the third, the fourth, and the ultimate is on the fifth to either celebrate Samhain or Beltane. Now, as you know, I like to give a crystal and one oil for each 
um, based on kind of what I'm feeling for the time. So if I had to pick one for each of the celebrations for Samhain in the Southern Hemisphere, Chiastolite. Now Chiastolite is this amazing brown crystal, but it actually grows with these black crosses in it. And it very much represents, you know, death and the cycles of life and that type of thing and grounds as being such a brown crystal. Um, and stay tuned. Um, my latest YouTube video should be out on Chiastolite. If it's not out now, it'll be out very, very soon. So that can be a really great one for appreciating and realizing that everything has to flow in life and that death is a natural part of life and, and is necessary, not only in the loss of life, but also in the loss of relationships and the loss of jobs and the loss of anything because it opens up new doors and we need that ongoing growth. The oil that I've recommended is Helichrysum. Helichrysum is an amazing essential oil. It, physically, I call it the healer. It helps with wounds and injuries and cuts and scars. And metaphysically, it helps to heal past hurts, pain and suffering. Really great in that way for the, um, you know, for if you're still lingering or still hurting over someone who's passed recently. However, Heliochrysum comes from a flower that's also known as the Immortel. Why is it called Immortel? Because when you pick these beautiful yellow flowers, they don't wilt. They are immortal. They never die. And so Heliochrysum connects our immortal part, our soul, with the other immortal beings, our ancestors, so it's really great for mediumship, but also our spiritual guides and our spiritual team as well. So if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, my picks are Chiastolite and Helichrysum. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere and it's Beltane, Watermelon Tourmaline. It's a type of tourmaline where the pink grows around and then around the outside is green. It actually looks like a watermelon. Isn't that awesome? So that's a really beautiful um, crystal. Obviously, the two colors of the heart chakra are pink and green, so it's about that harmony. And I'm going to encourage you to also work with vanilla essential oil. Why? Because vanilla is all about, it's an aphrodisiac oil. It's all about pleasure. It's also the story, the origin story of vanilla is a bit Romeo and Juliet. There was a, oh, I can't remember her name, but there was a goddess, a Mexican goddess who fell in love with a mortal man and their love was forbidden. So they ended up dying, as I said, a bit like Romeo and Juliet, and their blood spilt on the ground. And from that, the vanilla orchids grew so that everyone else could enjoy the pleasure for the rest of their lives, that they only had a short fleeting moment to do so. Isn't that beautiful? So vanilla really opens us up to that kind of enjoying the fruitfulness of love, romantic love, our sexuality, but also the, the, the fruitfulness and the pleasures of life. Really beautiful one. So I really encourage you to lean into vanilla if you're in the uh, Northern Hemisphere. Now, one little side note on that. If you're not a doTERRA customer, be extremely careful where you get your vanilla from. Did you know that 99% of all vanilla fragrances and flavorings are not actually from the vanilla orchid, the actual vanilla plant? They're artificially made. And so when you find them over sickly or you have any aversion to them, it's probably because you're not actually using the plant. If you do want to get hold of true, authentic vanilla, and there's a beautiful story about doTERRA's vanilla as well, um, then please reach out to me and I'm more than happy to help get that to you um, ASAP, wherever you may be in the world, anywhere in the Northern Hemisphere, I can get it to you. So, big epic first few days of May. We haven't even got on to retrogrades and full moons yet. I don't know about you, but I need a quick break. 
So we're going to take a quick run and we're going to be back and we're going to explore what's happening next. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. This is my astrological forecast for May 2022. We're exploring what is going to be happening up in the heavens and then what we can lean into for the gifts of Mother Nature to support us in that as well. So we've already looked at the new moon and we've looked at the festival that's happening, uh, either Samhain in the Southern Hemisphere or Beltane in the North. Then we know that Pluto went into retrograde in um, April. And so we're kind of, none of the other big planets are going in just yet, but we're going to throw in a bit of a Mercury retrograde for three weeks. As we know, Mercury retrogrades are very short and sharp. They go for about three weeks, whereas the other retrogrades tend to last for a little bit longer, either a few months or, you know, around half the year. It's all based on the the rotation around the sun. So, the cockatoos around, it's all happening today. So on the 10th of May, we start our next Mercury retrograde. Now, a retrograde, of course, is when we have a planet that appears to be going backwards in the sky, and whatever it supports us with, it's going to take that energy away. Now, when we look at Mercury turning into retrograde, we also can look at which region of the sky it's in, and it's actually going to start for the first 12 days in Gemini. Now, Gemini is actually the sign that is ruled by Mercury. So you'll find if you're a Gemini like me, or if you're a Sagittarian, they, which is the kind of opposing sign, we can be quite impacted by this one. What can we expect? Well, between the 10th of May and the 22nd of May, so that kind of mid-chunk of May, because Gemini rules communication, be prepared for miscommunications. So what you may find is you want to be really, really careful. Make sure that you're not sending the wrong message or the wrong email to someone. Sometimes you may get overwhelmed by a lot of phone calls and emails and messages. Sometimes it just goes dead quiet. And it's just like, why am I not hearing from someone or something like that? You may find that parcels gets lost or misplaced. So you want to, again, check addresses, do whatever you can to make sure that everything is flowing nicely in communication wise. Um, you may also find that you struggle to, we all, this is not just Gemini's and Sag, all of us may struggle in this 12 day period to actually articulate clearly what we're trying to say and gossip can kind of flare up as well. The interesting thing is, old friends and exes may try and reconnect at this time. Yeah, see how that goes and see what happens. So what you're going to find is you just want to be really mindful of your communication. Remember, the advantage or why we like retrogrades is it allows us to reflect and to improve. So what you're going to find is it's really good testing on your communication. Any miscommunications, you want to work out, okay, what do I need to improve so this doesn't happen again? Why I'm so passionate about Mercury retrogrades and improving communication? Obviously, this is based on the throat chakra, and it is through the throat chakra that we can create peace or war. Say things wrong, I'm not trying to put the fear of anything in you, but when we say things wrong, or if we say things inconsiderately, or we communicate badly, causes arguments and fights and wars. When we say things with kindness, with understanding, when we listen, then we can create understanding and we can create peace. So this is a great 
12-day test of like, hey, this is where you're not the best communicator. This is your chance to up-level. Are you willing to do that? To support you during this time, I love blue fluorite. We were talking before about black garnet for the new moon and how it grows in squares. Fluorites also grow in squares, so they help to get structure and order. And blue fluorite's going to help to get structure and order of your communication, making sure that you're able to articulate clearly. So it's going to be a really great one, especially if you have it as a necklace or a pendant to wear it there. Or if you don't, taking some time to rest and meditate with that on your throat chakra would really be powerful as well. You can also bring in the essential oil of hanoki. Now, hanoki is a species of Japanese cypress tree, and the cypress trees are very generous. Some gift us oil from their leaves and needles, others from their wood, some from both. But hanoki is traditionally from the wood of the oil. It's very grounding, it's very soothing, it's light. Actually, I haven't diffused it for a while. I might get it out this afternoon, actually. And I, it really, what, why Hinoki is so valued in Japan is the cypress tree grows so upright and direct. And because Hinoki works really well with the throat chakra, it allows us to communicate in a really clear manner. So what I love about um, Hinoki, calming and clarity. It allows us to communicate with people and with the universe really, really clearly. So from the 10th of May to the 22nd of May, that's my hot tip. Get that one in the diffuser, anoint that on the throat chakra, and have that with your blue fluorite. Now, because Mercury is going backwards in the sky, it's going to appear to be in Taurus, the sign before. It's going to be in Taurus from the 22nd of May until the 3rd of June, and then it's going to start going direct again, and it'll go out of Taurus into Gemini, off into Cancer and around the signs again until the next retrograde. So what do we do on 22nd of, so this last kind of patch of May into the first few days of June? Well, Taurus is a more grounded sign, it's an earth sign. So you definitely want to slow down. You might find the first 12 days of Mercury retrograde to be quite frenetic, a little bit crazy, overwhelming and scattered. And you want to kind of re-ground yourself. But now that we're in Taurus, we're going to want to do that. Really slow down, um, especially in the mental processes. In fact, you may actually find that you feel a bit sluggish, even a little bit doughy as well. Now, remember that Taurus governs banking. So there could be a delay now in money matters. So if you're waiting for money transfers or loans to be approved or settlements of houses, this may not be the best time. And if you can avoid between the 22nd of May and the 5th of June, that would probably be a great idea as well. It is another great time to review financial matters. So we're still talking about getting your money sorted all through this month. So really, really look at that so that you can position yourself for growth. So what would I lean into here from Mother Nature? We're going to go with Botswana Agate. And this is my favorite grounding crystal for Mercury Retrograde. Botswana Agate is brown. So grounding in that nature. Really good for us around the Samhain season because we're working with that Earth Star Chakra still. Um, a little bit, um, although you may have moved on to the Soul Star Chakra because we've kind of gone through Samhain now, but it's still going to be great to keep you grounded. It's kind of got a bit of a fiery nature, but also a grounded nature. So it allows us to still be alert, but grounded. It's grounded because it's brown. Why is it fiery? Because when you look at it, it has these beautiful lines in it, like tree, uh, rings in the tree. And that's actually formed through um, millions of years of volcanic activity in Botswana. 
Isn't that cool? And so if you haven't seen Botswana Agate before, check it out. Very grounding and fascinating, but great during Mercury retrograde. The oil, we're going to go on to another cypress tree. We're going to hop from Japan over to North America, Arborvitae. Again, this is a cypress tree, although incorrectly referred to as the Western Red Cedar. It's not a part of the cedar family. It is part of the cypress family. But this is another tree that gives us an oil. Now, again, Arborvitae trees grow very, very tall, right up to the heavens. And the oil in them actually stops insects and mold and different things, parasites digging in there and attacking it. So what Arborvitae allows us to do is it allows us to stay focused, and grounded on where we're going without getting scattered. So it's going to lean a nice one to lean into at this time. So that's what you can kind of expect for this Mercury retrograde. It's going to be a little bit kind of delays and things not working well. It's going to be a bit of a challenging one for those kind of logistical things. If you're running your own business or even in your own personal with, with mortgages or loans or settlements or emails, all that kind of thing is going to get tested. But just learn from the mistakes. How can you improve? Lean into blue fluorite and hanoki until the 22nd, so 10th to the 22nd of May. And then from the 23rd of May to the 5th of June, or sorry, only the 3rd of June, 3rd of June you've got. Um, that's when you switch to your Botswana agate and your arborvitae as well. Right, from there, on the 16th, we have the full moon in Scorpio, but not just any full moon. This is a blood full moon. So what does that mean? The moon's going to turn red. It is a eclipse of the moon. So for a short period of time, it will actually turn red. And this, I believe, is very, very auspicious. Now, first of all, if you start Googling about blood full moons, a lot of um, traditions in the past were very worried about this. Because you can imagine not knowing that what was actually happening with astronomy. Suddenly, there you are, it's full moon, and it starts turning red. I'd freak out. And there were different things where they would hide their king because they thought the king might die. They thought the devil was coming. Demons were going to you know, suck your blood and eat your children. All these different type of things. I don't believe so. That's not what's going to happen. You know, This is obviously caused by the position of the earth, the sun, and the moon. And it then brings in this red colour to the beautiful resonance of the new moon, of the full moon, sorry. So what I find is blood moons are a great time for really helping to awaken and connect with the passions that lay deep within us. It's almost those animalistic cravings of the soul, what courses through your veins, what are your true passions. This is a time to focus on your magical intent, on what your heart truly desires. However, we're not just looking at like simple, flimsy, ever-changing desires that we have from time to time in our life. What we're looking for is those thirstful yearnings that drive you through your path um, and flood every cell of your being and requiring gratification and gratitude as they start to manifest. So this blood moon is in Scorpio. So the really interesting thing about this is that Scorpio governs the part of our life that is unexplored. So if you look at traditional rulings of the sign Scorpio, it's sex, death, and taxes. So sex, what we keep secret, de uh, taxes, what we avoid, and death, what we don't want to think about. So the repressed, the hidden, and the shadows. But if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. You've already explored certain aspects of life. How are you going to grow as a person? By stepping into the unknown. 
The treasure is hidden in the caves, in the darkness, my friends. And so Scorpio is a time to go, where do I need to go? But I'm scared to go. And with the blood moon, this is why the, the, like the passion scale out of 10 for this one is about 80. <laughs> That's right, 80. <laughs> it's way. So this is really, you're going to really feel this kind of, kind of coursing through your veins, this desire to go, right, what am I really need to do to transform my life? And what am I shitting myself to do? What am I packing my decks to do? And this is the time to find that courage, find that passion, set those intentions and go, I'm going to do it. So for this one, this is a really great time to get star rubies. Now, star rubies are a unique type of ruby where when a light shines directly on them, you get a six-pointed star. Don't mistake them with garnets, red garnets, star garnets. They have a four-pointed star. So what you want to do is rubies obviously connect us with our passion. They're very protective as well, just in case demons do come after your children or yourself. Um, So really great for connecting with that and then setting that intention program your um, ruby to help you be that king or that queen that cannot be conquered, that will go into the darkness, that will face those fears, face those battles in order to fulfill your destiny. And Scorpio, that energy of Scorpio is really going to come in there as well. The essential oil, rose. We're going to go right in for the, you know, the real passion, that real love of rose. Um, anything that you find really connects with that deep impassioned power even cardamom might be another oil that you want to bring in as well for this one really really beautiful um what i would recommend as well is charging some red wine if you don't drink then use pomegranate juice ideally you want to get uh, pure pomegranate juice rather than a concentrate which can be a bit challenging but see how you go what you want to do why you want to also kind of um go red wine on this even if you're not a big drinker Alcohol tends to get rid of our inhibitions, and Scorpio is about getting going beyond our inhibitions, doing something a little bit wild, a little bit dark, um, a little bit unknown in that type of way. So what you want to do is you want to set your intention and put your hands over or around the bottle into that, um, into that wine. If you have a clear quartz point or a Lemurian seed crystal, actually hold that into the drink. Hold the drink in like a chalice or just a cup or a mug or a glass, and send that intention in. So you're putting what you want to manifest and have that moon's energy shining on you as well. So if you can do it outside, stunning. Then as you do that, finally, what we do is we drink that half of that wine and bring that energy into us. We allow the effects of the wine. So you can have a rather large glass. I'm giving you permission on this time. So if you start to feel a little bit wild, a little bit uninhibited, that's exactly what this Scorpio full moon, um, blood moon is all about. So that's okay. Just make sure you're doing it in a safe space and you're not driving anywhere or anything like that afterwards. The other half of that wine, we want to pour that on the earth. And we want to give that back to the earth because when we give back to the earth, um, that's obviously very much about I give so that I shall receive. And obviously the energy then soaks into the earth and the earth obviously births what we need and manifests as well. So that's a little practice you can do with that. Then continue to carry the star ruby, wear that and allow that to ignite your passion as well. Now, remember the eclipse will only happen for a short period of time. So doing this practice during the eclipse is ideal. Sometimes when we have a blood full moon, the eclipse doesn't happen all. You can't see it everywhere in the world. So that's all right. That energy is still kind of around. Do your best. Remember, even if you can't do it on that night, it's going to be most powerful while the moon's actually in eclipse and you're looking up at the sky at a blood moon. 
but you've got either the knight either side can be really quite powerful as well. So that's going to be happening on the 16th. After that, apart from dealing with the ongoing onslaught of Mercury retrograde, it's lessons, it's not an onslaught. What we have, we have the new lunar cycle will be starting on the 30th of May. My perfectionism, it really bugs me with this because we used to have the new moon at the start of the month and the full moon in the middle. So we had almost with the calendar months, we had this perfect kind of lunar cycle and now the new moon's stuffing it all up by being at the end of the old month. But that's okay. Maybe one day we'll have a calendar that's just 13 months or 28 days. There are a few calendars like that. And then we'd be able to track the moon all the time. And it would always be on a weekend. That would be good. Anyway, <laughs> digress. So we have, we're back into Gemini. The moon's going to be back in Gemini for this new moon. Uh, we had new moon in Taurus. Then we go into the new moon in Gemini. What's this one about? Well, this is, uh, it's, I'm going to kind of tie it in with this full moon, full blood moon in Scorpio. It's about daydreaming and getting curious about what else is possible. Hmm, what else is possible? That's the question that I want you to play with on this new moon in Gemini. Why are we doing this? Well, our full moon coming up in June, and we'll explore this next uh, month, is about expanding networks, expanding circles, travel, getting out there, meeting new people. But how do we know where we want to travel? How do we know where we want to expand our networks if we're not curious and thinking about what else is possible? And so that's what we consider on the new moon in Gemini. So the crystal I'm recommending for this is Hypothene, another black crystal that when you move it has these kind of lines and shines in it. It's almost like it gives you flashes of inspiration. That's what Hypothene is um, renowned for being really great for. The oil that I'm recommending for this new moon is Fennel. Fennel has a bit of a Scorpio energy, but also a bit of a Gemini energy as well. It helps us to, it works with the third eye chakra. It helps us to um, digest life and get excited by life in that type of way. So that's going to be a really nice way to kind of lean into the rest of the month and start off the next lunar cycle. But I must say the thing I'm most excited about is that blood full moon that we can all celebrate together in Scorpio on the 16th. But I always do love the festivals and the celebrations, so Samhain and Beltane. The good news is really there's not that many retrogrades. We've got that Mercury retrograde that will have an impact. But in June, we have both Saturn and Neptune going into retrograde. And in July, we've got five major retrogrades. So do not worry. Do not despair. I'm going to be here to support you through every step of the way. Not only me, but you've got Mother Earth and her crystals and her essential oils supporting you as well. So until next week, enjoy the new moon. Prepare yourself for Mercury retrograde. And we will talk again next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram, as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.